Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I made myself a little chart that charts the reconnaissance. And the Lincoln lawyer is the beginning of the reconnaissance. I, I quite like it as courtroom kind of things go. It's very, very slick. I like seeing um, Marissa Tomei films as well. It isn't my favourite Matthew McConaughey courtroom drama film, though. Time to Kill is is much better and sweatier. Um, but yeah. <laughs> sweaty McConaughey. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, he does get sweatiness. Not maximum sweatiness. Um, so well, yeah, maximum I mean, sweatiness it, has to be Magic Mike, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. We're joined by Charlie. Hello, nice to be here. <laughs> George. Hi. And Helen. Hello. And we're going to be talking about the Lincoln Lawyer. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today, we have Charlie and George. If you would like to say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Charlie, and I'll let you take this. Yeah, hi. So uh, we, we're, we're brothers. Um, we finish off each other's sentences. Uh, we run our own podcast together, which uh, takes a look back at films of our youth, uh, the 80s and 90s uh, blockbusters mainly. Um, so we have a love of film, much like uh, Flix Watcher. And, uh, well, today I have, uh, I, I've got the honour of choosing the film, and I'm very much looking forward to talking about uh, The Lincoln Lawyer. And who are you, George? I am Charlie's brother. Uh, I am, yes, the other host, uh, the other guy in uh, Retro Ramble podcast. Um, so I have uh, been lucky enough, this is my second time uh, on, on the uh, show, or it's a repeat appearance, I should say, for me. You have indeed. Um, Welcome back. So yes, thank you for having me back. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's nice. It, yeah, you didn't do anything that bad last time, so we, we kind of thought, <laughs> you're welcome. Well, yeah. And also, you, you're a, a member of, of the Shabbos Rollers. I am. Explain who the Shabbos Rollers are, Helen. They're, they're, they're the current reigning champions at the Bigger Boat film quiz because we won it the last the last time it was on before, um, before lockdown. lockdown, so yeah. reigning champions. Yeah, you mean that. that hasn't continued? It's the one quiz that hasn't continued during lockdown. That's, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they don't do it by Zoom, so... In fact, they've been doing, they've been doing like, Twitter quizzes, haven't they? They're yeah, like, like visual quizzes and stuff like that. Which is, yeah, I've been, on, on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I think they said there was no way they could recreate the magic remotely, which is fair to say. Yeah, it's it's a really slick uh, quiz, and uh, I think we all we all do miss it, don't we? Very much. Yeah, absolutely. Good to catch up with fellow film fans and other many other podcastees. 
Yeah, we, that room is blessed by a lot of podcasters who I think we've all we've sucked them all into uh, Flixwatch at some point. Um, Sub, Sudden Double Deep, um, Sparklight are there. Um, he's a rider raging podcast. Um, Exploding Helicopter uh, are there. So yeah, this is a big it's a big room for podcasters. So can we just talk to you guys about your 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 show uh, Retro Ramble? Um, how did you choose the films that you've that you that you talk about? I know you said it's about films you you watched as a kid. Well, we, what was your film choice like um, as children? Who had the control and um, who has the control now? Uh, they well, they are they were we were children. The films we watched uh, <laughs> were quite childish in terms of selection. Um, I'm not trying. I don't know who would be the equivalent today, but it'd be like trying to be taken seriously today when you say, "Well, all I did when I grew exactly. up was watch, you know, films with Dwayne Johnson and uh, Jai Courtney." I, do, I don't know who the modern well, day equivalent- Arnold Schwarzenegger, surely. That's what I'm saying. I don't know who the modern day equivalent of Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Van Damme, uh, Bruce What's Willis rock, that, that we that we ran to and watched and consumed. Um, mm. But we're from the northeast of England. Um, interpret that as bad weather. Um, so we would escape. We would escape through films from our local VHS rental place, and we spent. We'd, we'd watch them with our neighbours. We'd, we'd buy them. We'd get hold of them. And there was about yeah, there was about three three different families of brothers, and we'd all get together. And let's um, see, yeah, the sisters would be allowed in occasionally. But um, yeah, just watch, watch, watch. There was no internet. That this was our um, this was our pop culture uh, escapism. So. There's no internet. One, what we do like here is um, we do like when films are brought back from like the 80s and 90s when people had VHS and at the time when you had like maybe 20 VHSs, but you'd have one that you'd watch like to death or whether it's been taped off the TV or not. And I think that's a lot of the nostalgia thing which kind of which kind of really is a motive here. And I think we had um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and that was one thing that I'd recorded off the TV at Christmas once and therefore it's one of the most watched TV, one of the most watched films I've ever had. But when we rewatched it for this, it didn't hold up quite as well. Really? Well, I mean, it's still fun. There's still, but it's a bit, yeah. it's a bit like, Ew. Yeah, we, we do talk about the, the, the power of nostalgia and it can be, you know, it works both ways. It's, you know, sometimes it is a, a nice, you know, warm hug. And then sometimes it's like, a, oh, I was wearing those rose-tinted spectacles and that has dated terrifically. And I think that's the, um, that's the fun of doing, you know, with picking the films we do. Sometimes we we pick films that we we watch we watch repeatedly and we still do, or we touch in, you know, every couple of years. And then there's once in a while we'll we'll chuck a film in that Charlie and I haven't seen for a long time. So we recently did uh, the 30th anniversary. We did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and um, the first one. Yeah, well, we did the first two actually. I said um, I'm not going back and doing the second one. We're doing them both together. It's a special. We move on. Yeah, and yeah, that was good and bad. It was sort of like this weird that's some stuff comes by, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's great. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that hasn't held up very well. Um, but, yeah, I say it's, it's part of the the fun of, of going back. And in terms of how we pick them, it's a bit of a weird alchemy. You know, we do look at, you know, anniversaries and try and tie it into, like, upcoming releases. There's lots of remakes and reboots to, uh, to tie into, so that uh, is always handy. Um, but also ties into our sort of, always our strap line of they don't make them like they used to. Well, today we are talking about The Lincoln Lawyer, which is your choice, Charlie. Yes. Can you give us a uh, a reason why you chose it? Give, explain why you chose it and give us a synopsis in a minute or less. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, a, a beautiful story, um, a, cir- a circular. <laughs> so what basically happened was I watched, um, I think I got referred this film by uh, George and I, uh, by our dad, because uh, he likes his detective type type stuff. 
And as we all know, this this film came, and I'm sure we'll touch on this film came about the same sort of time we were going through the reconnaissance. Um, so it kind of I wouldn't say passed me by, but I watched it. I thought whatever I did at the time, but then. Um, my dad once referred again referred me to watch Bosch and I got really hooked on the Bosch TV show and that made me go and read all of the Michael Connolly Bosch books then I read all the Mickey Haller which is the main character of this uh, read all of his books then I went back and watched uh, The Lincoln Lawyer again and obviously I've watched it again just this week uh, for the show but th- mm-hmm. so I've watched it twice in the last six months um, so if I kind of delve too much <laughs> into the whole universe of the characters I do apologize but but I'm not not really sorry. Um, but yeah, it's I, I, that, that's what. So that's why I chose it mm-hmm. uh, in terms of a quick one minute synopsis. Um, so Mickey Holler is a defense attorney in Los Angeles who works out of his car, doesn't believe in an office. He's uh, basically being ferried from uh, trial to trial. Uh, working his phone with his uh, chauffeur is one of his clients who's working off um, what he owes um, him for getting him off for one of his cases. And for the film uh, that we're getting, we get one of the one of the best books, well, an amalgamation of, of the plot of the books with a very solid cast, as I'm sure we will look into. But it's a classic whodunit. I'd say that's probably the only thing that's probably not surprising about this film is that it's actually quite a simple setup so that's i think all i should say without giving too much away sure so george this is your first time watching we we've been chatting over whatsapp what, what were your thoughts and how come you you hadn't seen it before this time um well i um i you know honestly i've got a bit of a back catalog to catch up on the reconnaissance i mean i've watched you know the uh some of the bigger releases of his and yeah, I remember, um, yeah, our dad talking about how it's worth a watch. I just never got around to it. It was just like, I was like, oh, it's another legal drama. I'm sure it's, you know, good performance from McConaughey. But um, that's just why um, mm. I've, I've, I've put it off for so long. You know, I haven't heard anything negative about it. But um, in terms of, I mean, I think there's just there's so much choice out there just on Netflix alone that you get sidelined by stuff, other more sort of glamorous, glitzy escapism and sometimes a illegal drama is the last thing you need. So that, that's why I've, I've put it up. But yeah, I finally got around to watching it this week. And also a boring title. Yes. So what did you... <laughs> uh, what, what did you make of it then for the first time? Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it's um, it has got really... Um, there's a lot of familiar faces in it, which, um, you know, we... We uh, we always like when we always talk about you know those um, all those supporting characters, characters. yeah all those character mm-hmm. actors and so you know it's got great cast outside of McConaughey you've got William H Macy uh, Michael Pena um, who else have you got um, Brian Cranston in a, in a, in a obviously between filming mm-hmm. Breaking Bad because he's got a bit of a buzz cut um, and so yeah I thought it was a bit of a predictable legal ju- drama but I liked I thought McConaughey was you know. As you'd expect, I thought it was a brilliant performance, an interesting character, um, an interesting story. The whole dynamic of the lawyer hates his client, uh, but has to represent him because he's got no other choice. I thought that was quite an interesting spin on things. Um, but in some ways, it felt a little bit TV movie. I don't know if it's because I've watched some, I've watched one series of Bosch and it felt very familiar in terms of the look and feel of it and yeah it felt a little bit tv movie at times but i did enjoy it i think i, I did uh, and i felt it was you know engrossing so, helen we've had a couple of reconnaissance films uh beforehand um dallas buyers club um and you can argue bernie has mcconaughey in it um in a good role 
Yeah, so basically we have had a couple before and I made, for one of those, I made myself a little chart that <laughs> charts the reconnaissance and the Lincoln lawyer is the beginning of the reconnaissance. Apparently so, yeah. Um, in 2011. So this was just sort of when he started getting um, slightly more interesting roles. Um, I've seen this before, um, probably around when it came out. I can't remember exactly. I, I quite like it as courtroom kind of things go. It's very, very slick. Um, I like seeing um, Marissa Tomei in films as well. It isn't my favourite Matthew McConaughey courtroom drama film, though. Um, Time to Kill is is much better and sweatier. Um, but yeah, <laughs> sweaty McConaughey. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> It does get sweaty. It does get quite sweaty. It's LA. Yeah. Not max. Not maximum sweatiness. Um, so well, yeah, maximum I mean, sweatiness it... has to be Magic Mike, surely. That's also is that is on your is that on your is that on your chart for it is, reconnaissance? So that, hang on, where is it? I, I believe that came out in May 2012. Oh yeah, so that would be just around the beginning then. So basically. <laughs> oh, I've lost my uh, lost my page, but he, you know, he started out pretty good. So he started out with like Ed TV, uh, Time oh, to Kill, yeah. and then something kind of happened. Oh, you're, you're forgetting um, Dazed and Confused. Confused. So there we go. So we've got Dazed and Confused, Time to Kill, Contact, Ed TV, and then you kind of get into Engage Rom Com. The Wedding Planner U571, and then it dips up a little bit for Frailty and Reign of Fire, which I love. And then it goes to How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Sahara, Failure to Launch, Fool's Goal, Ghosts of Girlfriends Pass, and you just feel really sorry for the guy. And then around this time, so 2011, Lincoln Lawyer, Bernie, Kenny Killer Joe, the middle... Um, the Paperboy, Mud, Magic Mike, and then the end of it, 2013, um, Dallas Buyers, uh, Instella, 2014, and then True Detective. So he's due another revival, perhaps? But has he, has he, has he slumped since True Detective, though, I don't think? There's just think not been so. anything. He's been in loads. Briefly in Wolf of Wall Street, that bar yeah. one. That, bar that was one. part of 2014. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that's part of it. Having a look at his IMDb, you're right. It's um, he had a bit of a spike, sort of 2011 to sort of 2014-15, and then a bit of a dip. I think there was a few films that he tried. At. I remember seeing being at one sort of um, film slate planning thing for I think it was for Universal, mm. and it was a, yes. he was in called Gold, where he like did this sort of typical Oscar bid. He was balding, he was middle, you know, uh, overweight, you know, to, trying to do a bit of a Christian Bale. And Universal saying, yeah, we've got really, really high hopes. This is going to be his next Oscar bid. And it was just a complete damp squib. And he's kind of, he's still working. He's keeping himself busy. And he's obviously a still highly in demand and highly paid actor. But I think he, has, he hasn't had, I can't think of the last sort of solid film he's done. Well, the last uh, main release was The Gentleman, which is not uh, really I, my film. I haven't seen, Charlie, <laughs> have you seen that? I love. I I really enjoy. I mean, I enjoyed it for the fact that I've hated pretty much everything that Guy Ritchie's done since. Uh, well, for a long time. Snatch. I, well, I, yeah, it's Prison Snatch. I wouldn't say Lockstock since Snatch. And this feels like if you like Lockstock and you like Snatch, this is like a 2020 version of it. Uh, mm. And also, Hugh Grant is is worth worth the admission fee alone for his performance um, 
in that. So yeah, I mean that's that that's why I found that film refreshing. And yeah, you know, it's it's McConaughey. He's just he's he's great to watch. You know, he um yeah, what 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 can you say? Gotta love the guy. You always get a solid performance from him. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, when in terms of legal dramas, um I, I I've never been really attracted towards a legal kind of drama, but every time I've watched one I've I've enjoyed it for the time. But there's something about it that doesn't sound the setup doesn't sound that interesting. But I'm quite happy to watch Cops and Robbers. But then the other side of the of it is um, often quite less appealing to watch. But in this, he seems to be kind of playing both roles. He seems to be playing the detective and the lawyer, which I think gives it a lot more propulsion than other um, stone cold kind of courtroom dramas do. What, does that make sense? That's to you guys? Like, is that how the books kind of? Pr- yeah, that's that's very much. It's it's very much from the books that they have mm. the they have their investigators played by William H Macy in this case. Yeah, uh, but there's that comes up a lot in the other Michael Connolly books is that that's how they work and Connolly uses uh, le- he's got two top lawyers who legally advise because uh, his his story alone Michael Connolly the fact that he was an investigative journalist in L.A. and worked mm. for 15 years and then started writing books and that's why. He knows the system inside out, the institutions, how it all works. And he, but he's still taking legal advice for this. But yeah, to bring, in terms of what, what you were saying about liking courtroom and this being a bit TV, George, I, I agree with both those points. And I think like Ellen, I watched this about the time that it came out. And it just, I was like, that feels like a four TV thing. But in terms of where this sits on the McConaughey chart we were talking about, I feel like it's overlooked because it was simply eclipsed by everything else he was doing and everything else that was coming out. They're like, oh, another legal uh, drama. Because for me, a cinematic legal film is something like, I don't know, Presumed Innocent or on a comedic affair, My Cousin Vinny. You know, with uh, Joe Pesci, uh, Marissa Tomei as well. Yeah, Marissa Tomei as well. Uh, as my broader is that feels more Hollywoody. That feels much more like a cinematic type affair than this does feel like. A, I don't know. I, I think saying made for TVs is not 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 enough praise. But you, you I think we all agree there's a certain well, element of that. Well, I think yeah. Just in terms of like the opening credits are quite. I don't know. Maybe it's just because the level of TV has got so much better. Yeah. Uh, in terms of storytelling, I mean, you know, uh, I've only seen one series of Bosch, but, you know, they're, I think they're up to five now, aren't they? Um, there are, I, I did read, because um, I'm surprised that there wasn't any, because there's more books, um, uh, um, why they didn't do more sequels to this. But I suppose if there's just not, a, a, you're never going to get huge box office. I mean, uh, if it's, not a, a huge bestseller um, at the top of the chart. Well, but, it's going to be you know I would it's going to be a TV series now, Lincoln Lawyer. So Bosch, Bosch is finishing, say, yeah. and this is going to be a TV series. So there might be a, a crossover with Bosch, and you know uh, Titus Welliver might turn up in in. Well, do you know the link between the two characters? They're cousins, aren't they? Some of that. Yeah, so there's uh, the the link that, that I was I, I put this on Twitter and Twitter all of the Bosch fans and the Connolly fans and went all went nuts because in the books uh, Bosch is uh, Mickey Holler's half brother and they work together right. on a case and there's a one of the best book is when Bosch becomes the um, the investigator for uh, Mickey Holler and Mickey Holler's working the other side. I was like, could you imagine a, just even a TV show just uh, Titus Welliver and McConaughey playing those roles? It would be um, it would be brilliant. Uh, if the, I was thinking the other way around, though, get McConaughey on Bosch, but 
as uh, Bosch is taking the right thing and finishing when it should. Um, so it's great. I didn't know that they were doing that with the Lincoln lawyer. So that's, that's great news. I'm not going to let McConaughey turn up. In an, he's got to be Rusty Cole. He's got to come back and reprise his role in True Detective. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, um, Charlie and I are huge fans of uh, True Detective. Well, the, the first series. I mean, that is some of the best television I've ever seen and an amazing, another amazing performance. You know, it's it's what's got me excited for the new uh, Bond film. Yes. Yeah. You know, the fact it's, it's Carrie Fukunaga, isn't it? Well, he's, he's done amazing stuff. Um, Carrie Fukunaga, since Nombre, he did um, the... Maniac. Maniac. It, Maniacs. What's the one with Idris Elba that we, we recorded early on, Helen? Oh, Beast yeah, Beast in a Nation. Where he shot it and and directed it himself, which is always irritating when it, when they they do that and they do it with such panache. Um, so we, I mean, the list that Helen read out there because you go from Lincoln Lawyer and all these all these films, a lot of these films aren't that big. And when you but when you say like Mud, I'm like, oh fuck, Mud is an yeah. was an awesome film. It was a killer joke. Fucking hell, that's an awesome film. So he's not he's not necessarily doing these big films, but when he's in them, he's in like amazing roles in amazing films and just owning it. Uh, but I don't feel he does. I don't feel the same kind of passion when, when you said mud. I was like, oh, I, I really want to watch mud again. I've just not. I haven't seen it for since it came out, and I can't think I'm going to feel the same way about this a few years down the line. I mean, Helen, you've you've rewatched it. Were you excited about watching Charlie uh, <laughs> Charlie's Choice this time? Um, I rem- enough time had elapsed that I could vaguely remember what it was about but not enough to watch it and not be entertained um we've we've talked about it um michael pina who i always always love to see in any film and it did make me wonder what happened to ryan felipe Where he was he not happy. he got divorced <laughs> divorced by reese with a spoon and that was it <laughs> not allowed to make films that's the best thing she's ever done she's she's amazing and stuff now well, not not. I had a look at it. I checked his IMDb, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, you know." He, he, um, I joked once that you know, in the early noughties, they kept trying to make Ryan Felipe happen. You know, mm. after sort of uh, was it? I know what you did last summer, and uh, yeah, a few others. Cruel intentions. Cruel intentions. Yeah. yeah. Um, and but if, looking at his IMDb, he's been in, he's still working. He's doing. He's done a lot of TV. He's cropped up in the odd film, but um, I think it's safe to say he's. Um, he, he does the sort of privileged, you know, arsehole very well, and he's doing it and in this, you know, like it's sort of like sticky strengths. Tell you who else is sticking to their strengths in this? Josh Lucas. Wow, <laughs> you want me to be a prick? Okay, okay, I can. Who's Josh Lucas? He's the uh, he's the prosecutor lawyer. Right, he's, right. He's the bad guy. But he he never had any point though, really, did he? He never had. A, you you could tell from the start he was wasn't going to get anywhere. Um, what in fact the best scenes were, you know, for a courtroom drama in the courtroom, um, the way that even though Mike Holler's, um, McConaughey's Mike Holler didn't really want to represent Ryan Philippe, yes, he knew how yeah. to take the, the room apart and then be able to swing it in his way. So that last scene where he comes in and says, I'm taking you apart, you know, it's, a, it's death by a thousand paper cuts, and the, uh, Josh Lucas, was that his name? Yeah. He didn't. He didn't really understand until like too late, and that that was that was a nice kind of tight scene um, and series of scenes. Um, so that actually, yeah, that was that that was a nice bit. <laughs> that was it a nice builds, bit. It builds and it builds to that point. And it's yeah. a unique spin, but as I say, because you've got usually like you know, it's the fact that he should be he has to represent his clients to his best defence, even though he's guilty as a sin, and and even you know more than the crime that he's on trial for. 
And as you say, Kobe, they, that like those final scenes where he's, even though he knows he's in the wrong, he's still winning the case because that's what he has to do. And um, yeah, it does make it, you know, it is, it is gripping. I have one thing though. I have doubts about his ability to be this slick when he drinks the amount of whiskey he drinks and drives, which we hear he shouldn't, he doesn't have his license, which is why he's being driven around because does everyone drink and drive in America? Yeah. And then solve a crime. As as well as the sweaty acting, there's some very good sweaty drunk acting from McConaughey. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, there is a lot of drinking. I'd have to back that up. There's like drink, drink. It's the pressure. It's the pressure of the case. (laughs) Thank God I've got a bottle of whiskey, an entire bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Anything else before we head to the scores, guys? Well, we, we talked about where's uh, what happened to Ryan Felipe, mm. uh, but what happened to William H. Macy? Like, he feels like he hasn't done anything for about at least five years. I know his wife's got into trouble. Uh, well, he's in, he's doing the um, American version of Shameless. He's playing the Frank Gallagher character, and that's... Is that still going? Yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's going, you know, gangbusters. Uh, well, uh, there's lots and lots of seasons of it and episodes of it. Um, so that's like a bit of a cash cow. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'm always a little bit uh, snobbish about uh, American remakes of British shows. Like, no, no, I won't have that. <laughs> no, not, I know. I, I, I haven't watched one episode. Yeah, I think the, Amer- the American Office works well, but I think everything else is always a little bit cringeworthy. Sorry, Helen. I was just going to say, and we've not mentioned um, everyone's favourite, John Leguizamo. Le- Le- well. Yeah, he's, uh, well, he's in John Wick. <laughs> Um, so much he's normally a SWAT guy in something. Very good character. Well, I've been watching a lot of ER recently and there has a remarkable amount of people in this film have also been in ER. So William H. Macy's been in ER. Um, John, what, how, how did, what did you call him? Leguizamo. Legs go, Legs go Zumo. Um, Legs go Zumo. <laughs> Uh, Michael Pina, um, Ryan Felipe's mum's been in it as well. <laughs> so, right. Not in real yeah. life in the film. Uh, but there's other character actors in this, like um, Ryan Felipe, sorry, his, I can't remember his character's name, but his parents in this. His mum has been in loads of TV and his dad is the guy who's been... You mean, uh, you mean the family Who's lawyer? lawyer? Yeah. yeah, he was in... He cropped up in Daredevil. I can't remember his name, but he's, yeah, he's, he's been in everything. Character. He's been the president, I think, in a few films or the, you know, <laughs> he's always playing that sort of officious sort of character. But yeah, for, I don't think we get enough of that today. There's lots of new young blood coming through, but this, 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 this film is packed. But I think that's how I'd summarize it. If we're going to go on and do the scores is it's nothing new, um, but there is great tension and a, and a, and a solid watchable cast. <laughs> You could have used that alongside one of your scores. You just wasted that now. Yeah, um, I'm, just, I'm just going to shout numbers at you then. <laughs> <laughs> With no rhyme or reason. Looking forward to it. Well, on that note, uh, let's head to the scores. I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the stripped media family a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have come from the worlds of film, television, music, food, comedy, and podcasting. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. So 
Welcome to the Flixwatcher scores. All of the scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And we will start with you, Charlie, because you picked the film with your recommendability, please. So in terms of uh, recommendability, I, I would have given the I, the only reason I didn't give it five is not everybody likes courtroom battles. So I gave it four out of five because legal legal films aren't for everyone, but they are for a lot of people. George. Uh, yeah, I was I was going to go with something. Uh, some, uh, maybe if we're going decimals, I'll go for three point eight. I mean, I think it's um, I say it's a a good courtroom thriller, and yeah, I agree with Charlie. They're not for everybody, but I think this is one of the you know it's, it's a it's a decent courtroom drama, and it, it keeps you keeps you gripped. Helen. Um, yeah, I'm in r- round about the same area. I'm going to give it a four. It's it's very slick. It's very solid. It's got loads of actors in it that you probably enjoyed in other films and. It's a reasonable kind of pacing. And, yeah, I mean, will it change your life? Probably not. But um, uh, it's an enjoyable watch nice. if you're into those kind of things. So you're going for four as well. Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to join George in the 3.8. It's it's a lot better film than I thought it was going to be, but it's still also the film I thought it was going to be. Um, McConaughey is good, is, is, is solid, not as good as other McConaughey's films. I, you know, I'd take XXL over Magic Mac over this. I'd take... Mud, uh, Killer Joe. Um, before I go back to this, with, I guess that's repeat viewing score worthy uh, comments. But yeah, three point eight for me. Charlie, repeat viewing score. Yeah, so yeah, not as high. I'd say I, I was I was trying to work out whether I give this. I didn't know we could do decimals, so I'm going to go nuts and say two point five <laughs> out of five because um, I only. You know, in terms of repeat viewing, I watched it and kind of forgot about it, but then ran back to it when I discovered the books. So I don't think that says much. Uh, I don't know in terms of repeat viewing. And but since then, I have watched it again and I enjoyed it on an entirely new level. So 2.5. George. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to say uh, 1.5. Um, only because you've talked the you've talked about some of the other um, reconnaissance films and I've actually got a a DVD box set, a three disc thing that I, I picked up cheaply. And I think it's got Dallas Buyers Club, Mud and Killer Joe. I've seen Dallas Buyers Club, which I really enjoyed, but I haven't, I still haven't seen Mud or Killer Joe. So I will definitely be watching those. Um, and I think I, I still, I haven't seen all of, I mean to go back and watch Contact as well. Um, so yeah, I think there's a few other McConaughey or McConaughey films I would like to revisit before uh, I, I revisit this one. Helen. I go 2.5. Um, enough time had elapsed between me first watching it and re-watching it to um, vaguely remember it, but not really remember it. So, um, yeah. Would I watch it again? Probably not immediately. But if someone said, oh, I've never seen it, do you want to watch it? I'd probably say yes. I'm getting it for one here. I can't really see myself watching it. Um, I'm not that big a fan of Bosch either, which I've, I've been lambasted by by my friends. I've seen season one and I thought, yeah, that's okay. Uh, but not that interested. So if it's all the same kind of ecosystem, then I'm perhaps not that interested. Um, I think because of all the twists and turns in it as well, you can't really watch it that often as well, because there's, I mean, there's a lot to take in and there's a lot of characters in, in the film. Mm. But I think because of that, there is a lot of surprise elements and twists and turns. It's, yeah, it's going to lose that effect if you watch it too often. Small screen score, Charlie. I'd say this gets, uh, in terms of what it's like, three point uh, three out of five for me because it hasn't got a lot of 
visuals that I think warrant a big screen. Obviously, nothing beats seeing it at the cinema the first time, but I don't think you lose much watching this on a on a laptop or an iPad or, um, I don't know, a phone if you're stuck somewhere. So, George? Well, I, I did sort of use it as a, as a weakness, but it is going to come as its strength. I'm going to say 4.5 for, for small screen score. I mean, I think... Um, yeah, it's um, it has got some slick visuals in it. It's got a really good soundtrack. I think that's one thing we haven't touched on. Um, but yeah, I think it's perfectly suited for the small screen. Helen? Yeah, so when I first saw this um, first time, Ryan, I didn't see it at the cinema. And I don't, I don't know what you would get from watching it <laughs> at the cinema. His face a bit bigger. Um, and yeah, I... It's good to watch in a home size screen, and I don't think that's that's a bad thing. Um, so I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, five as well. Um, like Helen, I don't see what benefit I would have had if I'd gone to the cinema. I would be like, oh, I should have just waited till it came out on Netflix. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's any benefit. The best the best in court scenes I watch are having on TV, um, and I think it's a good medium for it. It's kind of intimate and uh, kind of if you're engaged and you're engaged. Engagement score. See what I did there. Charlie. Uh, yeah. So once again, thanks for the decimal places because I couldn't decide if this was four or five. So I'm going to go 4.5 because I think even, um, you know, the two, three, it is, it's a thrilling, I think it's great tension. It's, it's, so I think in terms of engaging you with, and as George mentioned, with the soundtrack and the cast, um, yeah, I, I, I give it, I give it that score. George. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go another high one, just keep it four on, on the nose. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's an engrossing thriller. And when I thought it was all done and dusted, the court case was over, I thought, oh, well, cue credits. But wait, there was more. There was more twists and turns. So, yeah, no, I, I thought it you know, had me uh, gripped till the end. Helen, engagement score. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm going to go for a, a four as well. I think having seen it before, um, I was vaguely piecing together like, oh, yeah, I, I know. I know what's happening there and um, it kind of moves on. I mean, it's two hours and it does does feel like two hours. Um, so you, you kind of want it to keep up with its twists and turns to keep it engaging. So, yeah, four. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, four, four and a half. Here. I was kind of, I, I was into the plot line. I could, see, I could see where it was going, but I didn't understand how I was kind of engaged to see how he was going to, Pull himself out of this pull himself out of the predicament whereby he's got to represent him to the best of his ability, but also like absolve himself and like distance himself from this guy who he he knows was involved in implicated in this crime that's trying to defend him on, but also implicated in a more serious crime from a few years earlier and, and m- maybe trying to help out Michael Pena at the same time. So I was like, oh, how how are they going to do that? So I was really interested in that and engage in that kind of uh, thrust of the story. But would I see it again based on that? I don't think so. But, you know, the first time watching it, I think it was really, really tight and really, really well played out. Uh, so 4.5. Um, that gives us an overall score of 3.6. Exactly. Exactly 3.6. Wow. Uh, 3.6000000000. Um, pretty decent. Yeah, it's decent. Uh, yeah, it's a repeat viewing score. No one really wants to watch it again. you know who did it yeah so yeah yeah um could have been sweatier (laughs) is that the strap line should have been sweatier please next time next time more sweats well like i say go to the go to any of the mcconnaissance films he's sweatier in all of them that's bias club (laughs) mud he's sweaty magic mike is super sweaty um if you want a sweaty mcconaughey film 
go to that era. I've I've got lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, guys, can you sign off by letting us know where they can find you online, where they can find Retro Ramble blog, and say ciao to whoever's listening, uh, including Jasper. Yeah, so uh, you can find us on our main channel uh, of the interwebs is retroramble.blog. Um, as for all the other social medias, George, we are at... We're, we're everywhere. So, yes, we're on uh, we're on Facebook. So, our, you know, we look out for Retro Ramble blog on Facebook. Um, we're on Twitter, just uh, at Retro Ramble blog. We're on Instagram. Uh, I always keep saying I need to post more. Um, and I, th- I think that's about it. I think if you want to interact with us, probably Facebook, you'll get both of us on the same day responding. That's probably the best, best way. Facebook and Twitter are our best uh, best way to catch us. But yeah, we um, our podcasts are monthly. Um, but yeah, if you fancy some you know eighties and nineties blockbuster sort of revisits um, and some cult classics, give us a give us a listen. Fantastic. Yeah. And just finally, next episode uh, is a break from our usual what we normally do is we're doing a girly film, uh, Dirty Dancing. So <laughs> <laughs> I what? love your reaction. <laughs> it's, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> Compared to our other affairs, it's, are you... compared to Commando, yes. Yeah. Compared to Die Hard, like Commando as well. Yeah, they do. That, they do. They do. There's a there's a really cool series on Netflix. Um, you know, staying on brand here. Um, the movies that made us. Um, yeah, and we do talk about that in the in the episode. In the episode. Yeah. It's a great, uh, great behind the scenes sort of. I really, movie. I really love that. And yeah. Have you been watching the toys that made us as well? The, yeah. the precursor, yes. yeah. That, that came in very much in handy for the uh, our teenage mutant ninja turtles episode. I thought, but, I thought yeah. it might do. Um, but that was really cool. So yeah, look at. Um, we don't know when this is going to go out. We don't know if your episode would have gone out by, the, by that time. But guys, listen. Go to Retro Rumble blog and look at films that you like. And if you are interested in Dirty Dancing, uh, whether whether or not you think it's a girly film, um, I did then... when I was younger. I thought I now know that, that films aren't to be put into such <laughs> you know boxes, in such brackets. It's got a woman in it, a female. <laughs> Um, yeah well thank you very much guys and uh, we've enjoyed your choice there Charlie thank you very much thanks for having us on and for entertaining my obsession with Michael Connolly cheers <laughs> bye bye, bye. enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast why not leave us a five star review on iTunes you can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flix what she sent you. just heard a stripped media production.